Okay, hello everybody and welcome to Investing with IBD for January 8th, 2020. I'm your host, Arusha Paris, and with me in the studio today is, is Mike Webster. your very best friend. <laughs> I, just, I can't even I, I say your upgrade. name. You're, you're <laughs> interrupting me. I can't even say the name. Dude, it's going to be a long podcast. <laughs> it is. Man. It's it going to get worse. <laughs> Mike <laughs> Webster's in the studio, IBD's head market strategist and also in-house interrupter. Yeah. If anybody drinks at home, what you need to do is watch this on video, right? And every time... Arusha doesn't smile. You take a drink. Okay. You're going to be sober. Okay. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. I was going to say thanks for being here, Mike. But, oh, sorry. Uh, but, uh, no, thank, thanks for being here. We're, we're, we're all excited to, to hear your thoughts on, on uh, what's going on in the market. So on today's podcast, we are going to talk about the current markets. Then we will go over post-analysis, a critical, critical exercise that we all need to do every year. And we will end the episode with three current stocks. So let's get into the maybe current market. Four, maybe maybe four. four. We if, might have a bonus If you stock. can keep me going fast. Yeah. You know, we'll do yeah four. And that's not going to happen. That's well, definitely not going to happen. Maybe we'll do one stock. <laughs> so let's go to the current market first. Mm-hmm. We are in an uptrend, a confirmed uptrend. We've been for the last couple of months, two, three months now. Three distribution days on the S&P, two on the NASDAQ. This is a bull market. This is a yeah, classic right. bull market, right? Climbing the wall of worry. It's and this week, right? The, like, you want to talk about, about worry? Oh yeah. man! Like last night, you know. So oh, yeah. I mean, that was stressful. It was funny because last night, once uh, once I started seeing on Twitter, it was like well, it was an hour after we spoke or something. All of a sudden, no, everything. It was, it was right maybe, after we right. Well, we I were, only found out an hour. Yeah, because okay. yeah, thanks for telling me about yeah. it. Right? Mike and I were talking yeah. maybe five minutes before the missiles were yeah. were launched, and then Michael says desk. I go home, and Mike doesn't tell me, and I only find out. Well, that's because you and said our, we weren't best friends. That's yet, true. That's you know? true. If yeah. you would have said that, I would have been like, "Hey, Arusha, you know, like <laughs> this is what's up, man. Bad stuff is happening." I almost texted you too. I almost said we might have to throw everything out that we <laughs> talked about, yeah. and and talk about what to do in in a kind of a crisis, and you know, uh, you know, be defense now and all that. So kind of this stuff. was a great a great lesson, right? So we um, right after the close, or a couple hours after the close, we we have the cues and the futures just falling like a rock, right, right? Right. And so what do you do in that case? You you really don't do anything because trading in the after hours um, is something that you would only do in a very rare, very rare events and in the middle of just headline news where you don't really know what's going to happen. You, it, it's a recipe for disaster. So I, I did nothing but stressed a lot because, you know, I was starting to get, con- you know, I came into the year light and um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then I was starting to get a little bit more concentrated, which means for me these days from 40 stocks to like 22 stocks, but, you know, heavy in, in, in the market. And then all of a sudden this news, you know, this news comes out. I'm like, oh, God, you know, back right. to the drawing board. Now, now let's just be clear yeah. with, with the news. Yeah. You know, Iran, you go ahead. Uh, yeah. Iran launched, what, 12 missiles. I think it was 15. Was it 15? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 15 missiles towards Iraq, towards a number of the bases yeah. where U.S. troops were were housed. And uh, and when that all, all was happening, you know, they, they hit all around those areas. No one knew the new, uh, how many casualties, yeah. all, all this stuff. So it was very, very scary. And, and yeah, it, I mean, it, it's kind and of didn't your heart just go out to the, you know, the, oh, imagine it, it, if you're the yeah. family of yeah. people that are stationed there, oh, you know, that's, it's so heavy. Yeah. And, and, um, but yeah, then, then throughout the night, then once uh, President Trump, you know, put out his tweet that all was well, and then you know that, you know, at, at that point, there were no casualties. Right. 
on multiple levels, it was feeling much better because one, you know, most important that no one was dead. Um, and I don't know if anybody got hurt, but no one died as far as we know at this point. Which is really amazing, actually. It is. And it says something about how great our military is. I mean, we really do have the best military. But still, you know, anything can happen, right? And then, um, then from a market standpoint, so you kind of have to take off your humanitarian hat and put it aside and say, okay, with the market, what's going on? So the fact that he wasn't put in a box where he was going to have to come and retaliate and then they were going to come back, it's kind of like gang members as they drive by someone does a drive-by shooting then the other gang has right. to do it and then in the end just you got a, a lot of death and, yep. and, and we just didn't want that and so it was allowing um things to de-escalate and, and that, that's what we saw today with the press conference where he came out and and, and whether you love trump or hate trump very presidential and, and uh, gave iran an out to just kind of mellow you know, and step back and and um, now we can kind of move forward and think about earnings and, and everything else and not have this hanging over us as much as it was last night. This, right. We could have started could have World War Three. Yeah. you know. It, uh, it, and, and, but even before this, right, even last week when the, the you know, the news is starting to escalate and, and, and yeah. tensions were start, starting to really escalate, uh, we, we, uh, the markets were shaking off a lot of that news, right? That yeah. we had the gap downs a couple of times, market would come back, gap down, come back, and all our all these growth stocks that were all looking forward to buying, they were kept making new highs. Well, that's what you know. Going back to your original statement about being in a in a bull market, and I think back to Lim Moore's book, the Reminiscence book, where you know the old guy says, you know, we're in a bull market. We are in a bull market, and you can't forget that, that's and you right. have to treat things differently. And so you err on the side of being aggressive, being invested, you know, because we're in a bull market, bear market, different. If you're not sure where you're at, completely different, right? Because that's a chop zone. Right, you, right, exactly. You like the chop zone. <laughs> chop fest. <laughs> chop, oh, I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, so let's look at the, the NASDAQ um, itself in, the, in this channel that we're in. in yeah, so so for those of you, you want to go to investors.com slash podcast you know, when, you, when you're back at your computer. Uh, so you can see some of these uh, these channels that uh, Mike has drawn on the the Nasdaq um, to give him an idea of you know, where the market could change or the health yeah. of the market. Right? Yeah, so it's really helpful when the market gives you an expectation. So right now we have this clear expectation that everyone can see this channel that I've drawn uh, drawn here. It's, there's you know, nothing magical about it. You know, the first year of, of looking at charts and you can say, okay, we're in this kind of tight, you know, uh, uptrend. And then you just draw some lines on it and you see, okay, we're in this area where you can expect to stay in it until you're not in it. And you can stay in a channel a lot longer than you would think if the, uh, the angle is realistic. If it's unrealistic, like we had last January, where it was like kind of straight up, that wasn't going to last a long time. This is kind of pushing it. It's very, you know. Well, well January yeah. 2018. 2018. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so January flies. 2018. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It 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 really started off really strong. I, I know a lot of us were were up double yeah. digits in that first month. Yeah. Right. Their portfolios and it's just like that's not sustainable, unfortunately. In it. You know, in going back and studying that time frame, what I have found helpful is if you draw a, a bottom channel line like I have here, you know, the, your blue channel line, mm. and you ask yourself, is this sustainable? And if so, for how long? And that one back in the January of 18 
was you know that was not going to happen right. you know it's it like would a 60 mean, degree angle. yeah yep. you're you're not going to be able to sustain that so you can trade it differently and the next time we're in that a uh, type of environment i'm going to trade it differently too yep. more cautious still in stay with the trend until it breaks so the problem we have now is we're bumping up against the red channel line on there we don't Which want is the upper channel the line. upper channel line right. and in you know you can go up above it a little bit but you you want you'd rather stay in the zone because then, then it's getting a little carried away and, and so what it was nice about this news you know putting any uh, bad stuff uh, you know just completely compartmentalizing that the, it, it allowed us to kind of go sideways a little bit with the market and at the same time growth stocks are just kicking butt man they're yeah. they're just breaking out all over the place whether it's from normal bases or alternative pivots and you've got strength in, in, in cloud stocks and you've got it in retail all over the place in chips, um, you know, even some solar stocks. I mean, it's really broad based. It is. And and so now let, let's just <clears throat> quickly switch subjects. Sure. Uh, for let's just talk about how you approach the new year. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, because you do have have a certain way to approach uh, the new year. And, and, and so why don't you share that with yeah. us? Yeah. So, you know, I've had um, some tricky Januaries where, you know, I was coming in to, you know, if you have a good, um, you know, last quarter of the year, you're, you're, you're heavy in the market, you're on margin, what have you. And then all of a sudden the calendar shifts and it's January. And if you could, if your account is off two or three percent, and it just look all your stocks look normal, and um, you know the market looks fine. But now you're underwater, yes. and it completely it changes your your mindset, right? It shouldn't, but a year to date percentage is um, it's one of those things you want to do everything in your power to guard yourself off of being you know down, and certainly down more than two percent. Once you get down more than two percent, this has happened to me way too many times in my career. Then the two turns to three to four, and then it becomes quicksand, and you're just uh, psychologically it is completely different. You're trading not to lose rather than trading to win. Yep. Um, and I, I haven't figured out how to battle that out. When you're down, it's just it, it is very very difficult, and it's very difficult for me. So you want to guard yourself against that, and don't put yourself in that situation. So I'm I'm coming into every year light. Um, and the worst case is you're playing catch up where you're, you're flat or just up a little bit and the market's up a bunch. So, you know, but also with Bill's teaching, he, what he would always teach us to do is it's okay to have a theory, but go back and test it. Mm -hmm. And so I just did, you know, my, you know, overkill type of thing. And I studied every market, the, the last two weeks of the year, the first two weeks of every year. And I found that in, in the beginning of January, all of a sudden you get stuff out of the blue that just it just falls and um <clears throat> you know everyone should go back and 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 study that and so um there, there's something to be said for taking it light into january bill would always say if he was ever going to take a vacation i never saw him take it did you ever see no, him take no, a vacation no, no, no. um that he would do it in january because it's tricky and and everything which but, makes sense yeah so now let's end this segment yeah. with an update on the the major bull market yeah. that that you spoke about uh it's on a mark smith webinar back in september of 2018 uh that we did and that's where you introduced uh this concept on your research really just mm -hmm. your so let's get an update on that you were you were comparing uh the market from 2016 you know and, and the last few years before that to the 1949 1966 market 
and we were just we were just starting a uh, back back then in 2018 what you, what you were saying is we were just starting a brand new major bull market which is multiple bull markets yeah so we obviously don't have the time to get into it now i did a you know probably an hour and a half of, uh, on the subject back at the um the level four last year not this year or the the prior year and we did something on a podcast or not a podcast it was a webinar it was a webinar a so webinar. that was september uh, 2018 so <clears throat> on market smith right uh, yeah so those market smith members we <clears throat> want to go just go and take a look at that because that was a really good intro to yeah that. so we did about 15 minutes on it yep. essentially in a nutshell is the 1949 lines up with uh, 2016, July of 2016, and then you have this long thing behind it. But the real question is, those people who know what I'm talking about, and you will once you watch the um, the webinar, um, are we still in that major bull market? And yes, we are. And so on this monthly chart on the NASDAQ, I've drawn the, the channel, or not the channel line, but the trend line that you need to... Um, use to see if we're in it or not. In, in the um, fourth quarter bear market that we had yeah, la last the, the, year, the prior year, yeah, yep. that we actually broke through it, right? which was fine because uh, precedents are made, you have to be flexible with it. And at that time I said, okay, that now what it was telling me is if we don't go back through here, yeah. that we're going to be in a sideways market. Yep. But if we go through it, back up through it, which we did, which you can see on the chart there, then you need to be aggressive yeah. and push hard. And that's exactly how that's, last year played out. And yep. that's why we do the research. You do your research. I do my research and we share it with everyone. Um, and so as long as we stay above this, the, the major bull market is intact. If we come back down and test it, um, as we come up from there, that's where you want to press hard. Perfect. Yeah. So that that's the update. So we are we're still in it. The precedent is still working, and so you want to keep that in the back of your mind. So the indices they continue to climb that wall of worry, and yes, we are in a strong market. Let's take a quick break. But when we return, it's about that time of year when everyone wants oh, to God. exercise. I don't want to do this. Right. And uh, we're going to talk about a painful exercise that every stock investor needs to do. I'm not doing push-ups. Oh, oh, okay. Post <laughs> now. I'll do that. Stay tuned. Hey, Arusha here with a big announcement. We have launched a brand new interactive video broadcast called IBD Live. IBD Live takes you behind the curtain to see how professionals trade. Log on and watch live as IBD's analysts and portfolio managers follow the first hour of market action and pick winning stocks. You get to listen to our conversations, see our screens, and ask us questions all in real time. If you've ever wanted to trade alongside a team of experts, this is your chance. Go to Investors.com slash IBD Live and sign up to get your first two weeks for free. Mike Webster is our guest on investing with IBD. Okay, Mike, let's get into post-analysis. And this is a tough topic for everyone, right? or at least maybe just for me. Because it's hard to look us, at man. yeah, it's hard to look at your mistakes, right? And look at all the dumb things you've done the previous year. But last year is a was a great environment mm -hmm. for our kind of style, right? Mm -hmm. But it was it was a tricky environment too. Yeah. Right? Uh, so it is a perfect a time to go back and learn from those mistakes because we're going to be in another environment like that 
who knows was this year, but in another few years, well, there'll be another great, great environment where these stocks act really well. And so you want to just get better so you can capitalize on it even better the next time. Yeah, absolutely. And then sometimes there's good environments and you just trip, you know, yeah. and you got to get yourself up, dust yourself off, look back and say, you know, what did I do? Right. Why did I trip? And then sometimes it's a difficult environment, but you're just kicking butt, man. You're just like, make, you know, yeah. you're in the zone. So yeah. the goal of doing a post analysis is saying, you know, how can I get in the zone and stay in the zone? And when I'm out of the zone, what do I do? And, and so, you know, we do this here, you know, every year we go and do a post analysis and right. talking about this when we were talking yesterday, brought up Genesis Microchip, which I, I, I tend to always think of when, when you say, well, you know, we're going to do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, cool. And you're like, <laughs> I'm like, what, what do you want to talk about? And you're like, oh, post analysis. I'm like, oh, well, maybe not so much because it's right. boring. But right. Genesis Microchip was one of my first main um, uh, lessons that I learned from a post analysis. And this was back in 2002. And at the time, so back in 2002, um, I had mishandled Genesis Microchip. You know, I didn't lose money on it. I might have lost a percent or two. But I had a, this missed opportunity and, and really messed up. And, and I was in Bill's office at the time. I had spent a couple of years in his office. It was wonderful. I mean, just priceless learning experience. Yeah. But he was not happy with how I handled this stock. He let me know. He's okay. like, Mike, you need to go do a post analysis. I'm well, like, well, so now, yeah. so that now, so on on investors.com slash podcast, we'll 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 show this chart. But it broke out of a double bottom. Yep. It went up on a really good run, maybe seventy oh, percent or so, eighty percent um, from that double bottom. And then uh, the, the first chart we're showing, then it's it, it's breaking the fifty day moving average on heavy volume the f yeah. first time. So it had the power from Pivot, and yep. so this, um, for those of you who don't know, this was the the chip behind the flat panels. No. And so this is at the beginning when we all have the CRTs. You yeah, know, anyone who heavy, on, heavy, yeah, on the younger <laughs> side, you know, you you know, it's what your grandparents had, or yeah. what we had, right, <laughs> or projector TV. I have this cool projector TV, right? But I could see this. I'm like, oh my god. I was so convinced. I'm like, this is the way of the future. We're going to all have flat panels. Yeah. You know, only the really, really rich had, you know, a couple of flat panels. But now everyone has, a, you know, oh, you, you, you'd have to probably pay up for a CRT and get in a museum. <laughs> so I saw this shift. And there's a lot to learn from this because you can see a shift and be ahead of the curve. People weren't really talking about it because at the time it was too expensive, blah, blah, blah. But you could be wrong on the stock or wrong on the timing of the market. Yeah. This was a great bear market, 2000 to 2002, right? Yeah. And yeah. this was in the middle of it, and we had had a, a follow through, and the market was strong at, at this point. We were trading, so I have this thesis on you know this is going to be a game changer. It was. This was going to be the stock. It wasn't. Um, it broke out of this base. I'm buying it. I keep pyramiding into it because I'm thinking in my head, my idol is Bill O'Neill yeah. and I want to be Bill, which is a very important thing is don't be Bill O'Neill. Be Arusha. If you're Arusha, be Mike if you're Mike and be whoever yourself. whoever it is. Be yourself and, and trade it the way you want to trade it and how you think. And so I'm in this thing. I'm up to my eyeballs, pyramiding up, you know, I'm like, you know, having a great old time. Then up at the top, it builds this shelf thing. And if you don't know what a shelf is, then you're not listening well, to IBD Live, IBD right? Live. Um, so it's just a little thing that's not a base and it's not necessarily three weeks tight, but it's pauses. So that's around the 70 level. Yeah, around the, there. And it yeah. breaks out and it goes higher. So yeah, I'm adding to 74. it, which is yeah. what I would do again. 
Now, at that same time, the market stalled and started coming down. Okay. And this is another learning lesson that you need to pay attention to the market, even if your stocks are doing well. So everyone around me who wasn't in this was like licking their wounds. It was a really bad day. And I'm like, well, it felt good to me because my biggest stock was, yeah. was up. Yeah. So pay attention to what the market is doing, regardless of what your stocks are doing. So that was the first lesson that I learned. Um, I think that was January 9th, 2002, um, uh, but who's counting? You know, <laughs> not like it's in seared in my memory. <laughs> um, and then it comes in a couple days later and comes back into the top of the shelf. And what yes. I learned after studying this was if that happens, so you buy it, you're adding to it as it's going through the top of the shelf, fine. The, 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 you know, I, I do that all the time, a lot, actually. If it comes back in, it's breaking your expectation. Sell at least half of that point. And if it comes in further, blow out everything that you bought, everything that you bought there. Yeah. Um, and that's what I should have done. And actually, th um, thrown in the towel at that point. I, I waited for it to break the fifty and blew it out there. So I'd round tripped, pyramided too much. And at that point, you know, um, that was what I learned from this. And I, I went back and studied every other trade. And Bill had said, you know, do a post analysis. And so um, the other moral of this is keep it simple. So what I did is said, you know what, I have got this idea. That's this great idea, you know. Um, let me clue you and in. And this was the first time he asked you to do a post analysis. <clears throat> first time he asked me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not nicely. Well, no, nicely. Well, I'll, you know. You can take it however you want. So anyway, so he asked me to do the post analysis. Yeah. So you know, in, in, in the end, I hadn't lost money. I just gave back a lot of a yeah. lot of profit, so that it could have been worse. So at that point, I go back and I and I say, you know what? I'm never going to let this happen again, and I'm going to be very methodical. And I, I wrote out this plan, and it was page after page after page. If X happens, then I'm going to do Y, and and then so on. And before you knew it, I had 18 pages of gold, man. This is good <laughs> stuff. I'm. Like, Oh, Bill is going to be so proud of me, you know, <laughs> and, and like, you know, if you stub your toe on Tuesday, I had a, you know, a plan for how you were going to attack that. Like every last thing yeah. was in there. And, and, and I go to him, I'm like, hey, Bill, you know, I figured this stuff out. And, and he's so looking through it. Document. He's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> One page, Mike. <laughs> One page. And I'm like, oh my god! I spent all this time figuring out all this stuff. But what he was trying to tell me, and sometimes with a little, uh, you know, when you can step back and you've got actually decades, really, of 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 space between it, yeah. he was saying, keep it simple, Mike. Yeah. That don't have 18 pages of rules. Now that might be something great to like have as a different uh, roadmap. There's, a, it was really solid. I'm going to dig it out and probably use it, but. If you've got a problem, just keep it simple. And the simple thing was don't pyramid too fast. Yep. Don't pyramid too heavy. Pay attention to the market. And if you've got a sell rule, use it. Now, I didn't have the sell rule at the time, but now I have that. Mm -hmm. And just follow that. And what he would say is keep it on one page. And then after that, in, in prior years, when he would ask me to do a post analysis, he would actually say only come up with three things. Yeah. So that way you're not making tons of changes on, yep. your, on your trades. If you try to make... 18 pages worth of changes on your trades, the good stuff you were doing might get thrown out. Right. Right? right. And so just keep it simple. Is that how you do it? Yeah. I, I, I definitely believe in the simplicity. And a simple reason why is every market is going to be different, mm -hmm. slightly different. Um, and if, if, you, if you're too rigid in a lot of stuff, right, you're not going to be flexible enough to adapt to that environment. Yeah. And, and so that, that's what I've just learned. It's, it's, and so... 
I think I had tons of rules in the beginning, and now it's it's very very simple. Yeah, you the know, simpler like, you, you yeah, boil it down, because it, 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 it enables me. Like if, if like for instance, and and we've spoken about this. We I think we went over this in IBD Live, but I, I've I've always talked about this. Is like. You know, it, when you learn about these bases, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to make sure it's U-shaped enough. It has mm-hmm. to be beautiful and all that stuff. Uh, and that's very, very important. So so don't, don't uh, you know, mistake this. But uh, if I see a company that is has a great story to mm-hmm. it and its base might not be that great looking, right, mm-hmm. but it breaks out, I'll still <clears throat> take a chance at it. You're talking about Cuba. I could tell you, I, well, I, did, I did, yeah. Kukubo was one. Shopify was one last yeah, year. Yeah. And Viva was also one last year. Yeah. They were terrible bases. Yeah, they right? really were. Yeah, but they broke out. I was like, you know, I really like these stories. I'm going to take a chance and see what happens. And so as long as the stock acts perfectly afterwards and it mm-hmm. acts like it's being accumulated, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to still stay in it. If it's a terrible base and they break, what's the worst yeah. going to happen? For the most part, yeah. it's going to be you're going to sell it to 8% or so. Yeah. So so that's the beauty of having stop losses and so that's what I've learned. It's like, okay, it doesn't all, everything doesn't have to be there. Kind of like Apple yeah. in 2004 had an RS rating of a 54, right? Yeah. If you're too rigid. And actually, if you that. go back and study that base, which is really worth my The Apple the, base. The, the very, right? Yeah, the yep. very first Apple base, in, in, in you're honest with yourself, it's not a good base. It, at first glance, it's like, oh, this is a beautiful cup with handle. Do a day by day, week by week right. analysis on it and just. You know, if intellectual honesty is the most important part when you're studying uh, historical charts or doing a post analysis, it was the story, it was the fundamentals. The the base gave you what you're talking right. about is an expectation. It bro- broke out of that that yes. cup with handle. I think we were both buying and it, it there, a, and it was a powerful breakout too. Powerful it's breakout, and then built a couple base yep. on bases. So and it, it was during a market correction that trem- then it started building a tremendous relative strength. All e- that e- exactly, and so. Now, just kind of circling back to the 18-page thing, you know, another thing to learn from is if you have rigid rules, you know, we talked about the zone at the beginning of it, and is what I would do is if I had wanted to implement those 18 pages, I would be going along, following it, and then as soon as you get in the zone, you know it because you're not looking at those rules. You're not looking at those rules. What you're doing is you're just acting. You're reacting and, and almost not thinking, yes. a- and then you're in the zone and just stay in that protected at all costs because that is where you make your money, and you know it when you're not thinking. And it's, it's, it's you don't even have to try hard, and you buy something and it just goes up, yep. you know? And as soon as that slips, and, and you got a couple trades that were, you, you're forcing it, or you're going back and, and you're being super rigid on something, then you know what? You want to back away pretty fast with stuff because something has changed. It could be the market. It could just be your style is out of phase. And we all have times where our style is just in phase or completely out of phase. Yeah, and, and let's, let's talk about uh, – well, let, let's get into what have you learned this year or this past year. Oh, that was a really, you know, important lesson for me that, you know, I went back and I had some struggles in, in some of my accounts and some bigger struggles and in some other accounts I, you know, did very well. And what I found was you that I have to trade within my personality. And it's like if you're sanding wood, you know, you want to go with the grain. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to fight it, like what I was talking about with Genesis in 2002, it's trying to be Bill and trying to hold on when my, my gut was telling me, 
sell it, it's not acting right, but I'm like, oh, but Bill would hold right. on to it, yes. right? Be yourself. And one of the things that I've always done with my trading is I look at the, and I was trying to figure out a way to, to explain it to people. Uh, I do, explain it quickly, too. Yeah, uh, uh, shotgun approach. And where I trade a lot more than the five to eight stocks that we always want to hone in on because five to eight is the way to go. But uh, if I'm concerned about the general market, I'm concerned about my trading, or I'm concerned about some of the stocks I'm trading, I get smaller with my position sizing. And if I'm looking at the market and saying, we're in a bull market, I want to be, have a lot of exposure, I'm going to spread the, the net out. I'm going to cast the net out. I'm going to have 20, 30, 40 stocks. And then as soon as I see which ones are working, which ones aren't, then the, the 40 goes to 30 real fast, goes to 20. And then before you know, I'm back down to the five to eight. Yeah. That works for me. And I was tr fighting against doing that. And it was causing other problems of just saying, I'm just going to be a sniper and I'm just going to buy three stocks or five stocks and I'm just going to sit with them even if they're not working. And so- you know, some people might, you know, I know lots of people who just buy four stocks. They've got great stock selection. They work out. They'll sell one of them that's not working. They've got a great year. If that works for you, great. The, the point is be yourself. Figure out what your edge is. And so my edge, you know, and really thinking through it this year is totally flexible. I can sell something, buy it right back. I can watch a ton of stocks at the same time. Most people can't. Um, so I'm going with that and I'm using my edge versus saying I'm really weak at this particular thing. I'm going to spend, I'm going to work on 18 pages on that rather than saying I'm really good at this. I'm going to make that a bigger aspect. And and you have great stock selection. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, I mean, that's uh, your yeah, edge. That's one thing that, that I've noticed that, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty decent at picking the stocks. It's just more the managing and, and, and that, so yeah, so that's the thing I have to work on. It's more that the managing part have more concept. Yeah, these are probably the these are obviously the market will tell me whether I'm right or wrong. But that stock selection over the the, the last number of years, I, I feel like that's definitely one of my strengths. Let's just quickly talk yeah. about routine. Sure. Um, just in, in one minute, um, Bill had a strict routine. Yeah, he had a very strict routine. I, I looked at you know some of his old documents from the '60s and '70s. He actually had it mapped out, you know, per 15 minutes of the day, pretty much, wow. you know, at, at the beginning and at the end of the 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 session. So you want to have a set routine on the weekend. Do the bulk of your 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 work, and I think you do that too. Yep. Have a pre-market routine. Um, in, in during the the market, you pretty much just sit back and you you let the information come to you post-market, wait an hour or two, then do a mini weekend routine. But what, what are your, what's your routine? Well, what's, what's funny, and we, we were speaking about this before, IBD Live actually has become part of my routine now. What's that? Really, <laughs> exactly. It's going to be product placement. Product, product placement. Product placement Arusha now, right? <laughs> uh, but, I, but it has now, I look forward to it every day. Uh, Me too. Or, 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 it's my or favorite time on, of the day, It actually. is. It, it's a lot of fun. Or we're on the show. Um, but I'm always looking for it. Yesterday, I didn't have access to it, so I started panicking. I was like, I, I need access to it, which is why you heard Scott saying, clear interrupt you guys. But that has become a, a part of my routine, and, and I found that's become very helpful because I hear the team giving me news analysis, all that stuff. It saves me uh, a ton of time. But that's a huge part. But as you said also, Mike, um, the weekend routine is the yeah, biggest part for big, me. Yeah, big, big part. Um, so post-analysis is a critical exercise that you have to do at least once a year to continue to build those investing muscles. Coming up next, Mike and I are going to talk about three stock ideas. Four. Four, and one bonus well, one. I'll be fast. We'll be back. 
Winning stocks with MarketSmith. Growth 250 shows you ideas with big potential. View charts packed with key data. Use pattern recognition to see action zones. MarketSmith by Investors Business Daily. Try three weeks for $19.95. We are back with Mike Webster on investing with IBD. Okay, Mike, let's get into some current stocks. The first stock is Dexcom, ticker symbol DXCM. They're a medical device company, and they uh, they are glucose monitoring system. So they're helping people yeah, for diabetes. manage their diabetes, yeah. right? Uh, and so it, it's a huge thing because it, it's reducing the amount of times they people have to you know, poke themselves to do the insulin and all that kind of stuff. So uh, huge, huge need. Unfortunately, with our country, the diabetes is only increasing more and more. So um, these guys have a, along with a couple of other companies, right, Pod, Insulate, or or Tandem. Those are the three that are kind of innovating in in this field. And Pod looks good, too. We're both trading that one. Yeah, we both both trade that. I have Dexcom. Me, too. And and Mike has Dexcom. uh, And I have it in a contest, a Twitter contest for the year. So this is my my stock for the year. Did you you join the contest? Okay. Well, I didn't want to jinx anything. Well. You're a wimp. <laughs> I, I, I am. Yeah. But uh, so, so let's go to the chart here, uh, Mike. So uh, of Dexcom, I'm looking at on a weekly chart here, and they just broke out of a flat base. Yeah. So when you, you always want to start with a weekly or even a monthly before you go to the daily. The daily is the nitty gritty of where are you going to buy, where are you going to add, that type of stuff. But you you want to start with a weekly. Bill would spend you know 80, 90 percent of his time on a weekly. And one of the questions you'd always ask is, you know, has this been a prior leader before? Um, because, you know, some, you know, it can be a prior leader, then pause for a while, set back up. It could be, you know, uh, a group action. It could be general market. It could be something fundamental with it, you know, because this, with Dexcom, they keep on coming out with a better version and better version, better version. And then when one is really working, then, then it has its move. And there's not too much competition, though, too. Because yeah. I think, like, Insulate and Dexcom, they're working together in tandem. They're all yeah. kind of working together because they all do different aspects of it. So yeah. for when I, if I remember correctly, when I heard the Dexcom CEO a while back, he said there's not much competition yeah. right here. They, they really And have it's a, a huge space, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and like you were saying, in the U.S., it's huge. And then globally. Yeah. It, now, it, eventually, some of the larger medical device companies could start getting involved in all that stuff. But uh, right now, from, if, from what I understand. So, yeah. And so going back to the um, good point. So going back to the chart that, you know, it had its nice move several years back. And then it went through where it was a terrible stock. And it had that really bad break in um was that in 17? And so yeah, that's something. Yeah, like September tw- uh, 17. Yeah, September of 17. And then, you know, you'd want to completely have it off your radar. And it came back, built base after base, a couple bases w- that just broke out and, and failed. And I think I tried some of those and it just didn't work out. But now it's built this, the the other base that it broke out of. In, um, and that was on an earnings. That was like a, that was a breakaway gap on earnings. Yeah. And you know a lot about yeah. breakaway gaps. So, so, so that was that was perfect action right there. And that's where, where we were buying. Right. I was buying it there. Right. You were Me probably too. buying yeah. it. But not enough. You know, it was because it, was it yeah. obviously looking back in hindsight, not enough. But uh, that, that was back the point where you're still like in November. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, the market's still trying to come out. This is one of the first stocks. That when I saw this one working, I was like, okay, 
this rally might really be starting to get legs now. That's a very good point because you're looking at the leaders all the time, seeing yep. how they're acting. So it had its power from pivot, which is that what that green flag is is saying it's up that twenty eight percent. Yeah, twenty eight percent, and within the three weeks, fifteen day time frame, this just a sign. You could use it with the eight week rule, which we always do around here, meaning that you hold those shares that you bought at the pivot, you know, for eight weeks. It tries to get you through some of the the back and forth that'll happen in some of the the tricky days. But it's really just more of a sign of there could be something special here. They uh, don't all work out, but if it's a big, you know, quality stock like this one is, um, that has more of a chance of working out. Now it, it's let its 50-day and its 10-week line just kind of catch up to it, which is mm -hmm. really nice. And on the weekly, it built this flat base that it's that it's breaking out of. And so, um, you know, I think it looks it looks really good. What you have to keep in mind is. That we've had this sector rotation that will happen, and sometimes, you know, for a few days or weeks, the medicals will sell off, the chips right. will run up, and what have you. So you don't want to be too concentrated. So if you're trading this and pod, which we both are, yep. you you want to manage your position size appropriately. But this has the the you know the potential to be you know at least a year long move or a multi year move. Um, but along the way, it's going to be some, you know have some difficulty, um, as all stocks always do. But it's, um, you know, the other thing about this one is that I wanted to pull up was just the sponsorship, um, and I just want before I say it, I want to make sure that I have it right because I thought this was the largest position in T Row Price New Horizon, which oh, is, wow. which is one of my favorite, if not my favorite. Yeah. So um, if you've studied the T. Rowe Price New Horizon Mutual Fund, which is one of the best funds out there, and they really know their stuff, and um, they have 156 stocks right now, and this is their largest position, and they've been adding to it. Wow. So you've got the best guy out there with the best one of the best funds, and he has it as his top position, and he's adding to it. That's the type of conviction, and the, the, the way that Bill would teach us to to study stocks is look at the best people and what are they doing um, and you know the best person is their biggest that's position incredible. that that says a lot doesn't mean you just blindly hold it if this you know right. the chart starts acting funny I'm out the door man. yeah I mean and, th and that's the beauty of having rules and, and uh, you know the sell rules you don't have to do thinking at that point and Contra's in there every all the good ones are in there man Okay, so that's Dexcom. Let's go to the second stock, and sure. this is Vertex. This is Vertex, V-R-T-X. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, let me pull that up. Now, this is in a hot group. So the Biotex is, you know, that's super hot. It's the number yeah. one group right now. Has a ton of stocks, at over 500, probably about 550-ish. Um, and you should play through them. And I'd sort it by, you know, comp either composite rating or by relative strength and, and play through. And it's kind of, there's a couple different segments. One, you got all the, the cheapies that just are junk that you just don't want to pay attention to. Low price, under $10, don't even look at it. They can, the, those stocks could be the one that goes, that we had one last year that went up, you know, right. you know, more than any other stock, but the odds are just stacked against you. That's Vegas money, you know, that's a whole different thing. That's not what we're doing here. Then you've got the big old companies like the Amgens of, of the world that, you know, they have sales and they have, you know, solid earnings, but they're kind of in a, a slower growth phase. And you can trade those or you've got the hot ones. That it's almost feeling like late 90s with some of so the, yeah. you know, the really speculative and there's a lot of them out there. And so if you're going to trade those, the ones without earnings, 
those you want to um, you know have small position sizes. But this is a real company with uh, it's in the CF space. They're, right, they're, the cystic fibrosis. Right, so um, and they're the key player there. They are the key player yeah. there, and uh, yeah. So and this has been on our radar for for a while. Uh, and what, what's and it had a number of breakouts that have failed over and over and over. Tell again, the right? truth. Did you try any? Of I those? did not try it this last time, which is why it worked. No, no, I, no. Did you try any of those? Oh, the other times, yeah. Hell yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so but they looked the, really good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Until it's a great didn't. story. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it has great numbers, but it it just kept wearing me out. Yeah. You know, and so this this last time it went. I was like, ah, you're not going to get me again, Vertex. And and look, and, and it's been trading beautifully uh, since it. Now I actually did buy when it pulled back the 10-week Okay, line. perfect. So so I, I have a, some shares of it. Uh, and, and so now, so I'm up a little bit on it. But it, but it, it's just beautiful. That's the, that's the beauty of the market, right? Yeah. It just, it, it's going to just keep fooling you, keep fooling you, yeah. right? And you have to be, if this is one of the stocks that you really want to go for, you had to try. You you have to try it again, and when yeah. the fall, when it broke out of that consolidation. Yeah. So uh, I, I think you said it beautifully. And in, in I had tried a bunch of them, and then I said, you know what, no more. But then this time, as I was going through uh, the two hundred, you know, um, I think that's where I was buying it. I still have it, and I was adding to it this this past week because it was a a beautiful pullback yeah. to the ten week line. And two days ago, you had that nice, it broke, it was an alternative pivot, you know, where you have a little downtrend, it, it broke above that. Now it broke into new highs, so it was adding a little bit um, at each of those times. And this has, a, you know, the potential of being, you know, you know a big long-term mover. Um, now with biotechs though, you can get some FDA blindside, so you can't have a big position in right. it, um, you know, no matter what, because you never know. It could, might not be with this stock, could it could be with new competition or something. So you want to um, size it appropriately. But going to the weekly chart on this, uh, look at all those weeks up in a row. It's beautiful. Yeah, uh, you know, that's a sign of some serious accumulation. And then going to the sponsorship. Um, you know, they've got Contra in there adding to it as one of their bigger um, their uh, bigger positions. You've got MFS uh, growth in there. They're they're really good. They've been reducing it. But a lot of good players, uh, Wells Fargo growth, um, they're a really good fund. And so, um, you know, I think it, it looks very interesting, and, and especially that since they're the number one um, in their space, strong estimates yeah. looks good. Let's go to the third stock, <clears throat> and this is uh, an oldie but goodie, NVIDIA. NVIDIA? What? You didn't <laughs> tell me we are going to talk. Yeah. So, look, NVIDIA, that's, um, you know, a mo clear model book stock from, you know, its prior run that it, you know, that it had, you know, from the $30 time, uh, $30 price range back in, in 2016, ran up, and then it was, you know, uh, a classic kind of model book stock that it topped and yep. went through, you know, a big correction, I think 50-something percent, but it was able to, you know, stabilize. And I think that there were some problems with, you know, they're in the, the self-driving chips, but they're also in the, you know, the uh, data mining gaming, for the, the gaming, the gaming and, yeah. and then the Bitcoin. And I think probably oh, yeah. the Bitcoin thing is what might have started that, that, that snowball. So it's coming back, and it looks and it, it has wonderful sponsorship. You know, pull it up, and you can look. All the best people are are in there, and those estimates going forward are very strong. And they've been beating their estimates, so those are most likely low. 
And um, even though it, it still has some overhead to work through, that, that overhead resistance is back in time kind of far enough that you don't have to be as concerned with it. And it just had three weeks tight. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trading this, been adding to it. Um, it looks if, like if it can go through the 241.81, which is the recent high, um, you know, we'll be adding to, uh, I'll be adding to it more. Yeah. How about you? Are you trading I, I, this? I, yeah, I just started buying it off the three weeks tight because I, it when, when it was coming out of that cup with handle and uh, shortly afterwards, yeah, it, it just didn't, it, th these are the types of setups that I just don't do w as well at. So I passed on it because it, it got hit that 50% I said. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I passed on it, but now it's it's setting up again. So so I bought a little bit because it's a three weeks tight. It's not a normal base, so you don't go in as heavy uh, on that. But yeah, I finally got some shares of this. Yeah, and so it looks really good. It, now it does have some problems with it. The, the sales growth and the earnings are still negative the, for the most recent quarters, but the estimates going forward are very strong. So it, it's it's not for everybody. And you know, I was trading it. You know back um you know uh, several you know a couple quarters ago when it was you know coming out of this stuff and got kicked around a little bit because i didn't have a lot of confidence because it had overhead resistance yeah. and, and it does very rare for us to trade stocks yeah, with an overhead right. resistance but you know it, it is kind of a special situation and you know it's a big cap great sponsorship great story great ceo right. great product they have to have a lot, a lot of things going for it and yeah so keeping on the watch list uh, remember, a three weeks tight isn't a base, so you, that, that's where you just add and sprinkle on shares, as I sprinkle, like to say. Yeah. 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 So it's not a lot of shares you, you put You sprinkle on nibble. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, so, yeah, keep that in mind. It, it'll, it'll set up again. They're going to report. They're going to report in another uh, 35 days or so. So we'll have to wait and see how earnings season treats all these stocks. Yeah. It's coming up pretty soon, so everyone needs to be aware of that. So let's go to one more stock, the bonus stock. The bonus. The bonus stock. Okay, this stock. Do not buy this stock here. This stock is extended. What stock is this? This is a stock called Tesla that Tesla. everyone gave up on, including me. Well, look, you know, this is a stock that divides people as much as politics divides people. So there's people who just hate it, people who love it. I'm in the love camp. I, 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 am, I love Elon Musk. I've always been, I think what he's doing is amazing, which is why, yeah, for me, I usually I'm all over Tesla once it, it gets going. And this time, I, it just, I don't know, I, I, I just missed it. Well, I, I think he's a smart, pretty much the smartest man, one of the smartest men who've ever lived, or, or human beings, I should say. Um, it, you know, right up there with, you know, Edison right. and Steve Jobs, right. and um, a completely different type of uh, individual. And, and so when this gapped up um, on those earnings, um, I immediately, I very rarely trade in after hours, or if, it must have been after hours, not pre-market. And you know, I started buying there in my personal um, because th this is a very unique situation. This is one where the shorts just hate Elon. Yeah. They they think he's a fraud. They think that you know, you see all the videos of you know the the, the Tesla cars you know that you yeah, know on, on fire. fire right. You know they don't talk about the other thirty thousand cars that go on fire all the time. So. Right. This is a very unique situation. You know that the shorts are, are in there and anything good is going to squeeze them. So I started buying it there. I thought it was forming an ascending base because if you look at it, it had this powerful move up, came, um, came in, it looked very much like it did out of its original move. If you go back several years, you could study that. 
came back in, uh, found support on the 21-day moving average, moved up through that at, at, at the 362 you know, type of uh, area, and it looked like it was going to form an ascending base where we had one pullback, then two pullbacks, and then it just kept getting stronger and stronger. And I think it's just the shorts getting squeezed. Now it's gotten out of hand. Now I still have it, um, and it's my biggest position, but I am uh, positioning myself for some pain because things don't get this easy, especially with a stock like this. So I'm going to be watching this for the rest of the year, and it's going to be a bumpy, bumpy ride. Uh, I'm not putting it on autopilot. That was a joke. You didn't touch it. <laughs> That's fine. It was really funny in my head. Um, so the best case scenario is if we could just go sideways here um, underneath 500 and form kind of like a high tight flagish type of thing, then hit it hard there. But if, if you're in it, I'd say buckle up. And if you're not in it, watch it and, and, and wait for a proper entry because I, I think there's a huge potential besides just a short squeeze. They've got the China stuff going on. They've got the cyber truck, which is the most beautiful thing that's ever been created or invented um, in all of time. And then they've got all the other gr great stuff that you love, right? Yeah, so y y make sure you plug that idea into your watch list. Like oh, that. yeah, I see you yeah, trying yeah, to. That, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Not as good as mine. <laughs> so there are four ideas to consider. Thanks, Mike, for joining us today. Thank you. That's it for this week on Investing with IBD. Next week, we are going to have Jeffrey Hirsch. He is the CEO and Editor-in-Chief of the Stock Traders Almanac. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not Dude, cool. yeah. that's awesome. I love that <laughs> I book. I know, me too. Uh, so we're going to talk about how stocks uh, generally perform in an, the upcoming election cycle. Cool. So that's it. I'm Arusha Paris, and thanks for listening. <laughs>